You're listening to the preaching podcast of the Amazing Grace Baptist Church located in Mount Airy, North Carolina, where Dr. Jonathan Barker is the pastor. We pray that the following message will be a blessing to you. The Gospel of Luke, chapter number 19. Luke, chapter number 19. And uh, <laughs> I like what the preacher said in revival. He said, if you found your place, say amen. Then he said, if you are looking for it, say amen. And then if you ain't got no intentions of even looking, <laughs> say amen. That's pretty funny. I like that. If you found your place, let's stand in honor and reverence to the reading of God's Word tonight. I'm going to read just a few short verses and then I'll allow you to be seated. We'll see what the Lord has to say to us through His Word tonight. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. And he was rich, and he sought to see Jesus who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. He ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. I say amen right there. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. Jesus And Jesus said unto him, This day of salvation come to this house, for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. I like verse 10 too. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity. Thank you, God, for the health and strength to stand. I pray, oh God, you'd use us for a little while tonight. God, I stand in a place where no man can stand alone. I need you to reach down from heaven and touch me and speak through me, God. Lord, I'm just a sinner. Lord, saved by your grace. Lord, if you'd make me a fit mouthpiece tonight, I'd humbly thank you for it. Take the reading of your word, add a blessing to it. Speak to the hearts of your people tonight, God. I don't want to abide, Lord. I don't want to be idle time. I just want to abide the will of God and say what you'd have us to say. God, use us for a little while, and for that we'll thank you. In Jesus' lovely name, amen and amen. You can be seated. I love this passage of Scripture. It's a very familiar Scripture, something that we have read our entire lives, those of us that... I grew up in church. You sung the story of Zacchaeus, and he's certainly a man that's mentioned quite often. He's not one of those oddball names that you never hear about, but he's one that you hear about quite often. And, and pretty frequently you hear the name Zacchaeus uh, in the house of God. And I want to look at this individual tonight. I was uh, studying and praying, and uh, I come across this character study I'd done some time ago, and I thought, Lord, why would you have us to preach on that tonight? 
But you know I learned a long time ago, God knows your needs better than I know your needs. He knows your situations better than I know your situations. So I just decided to do what He said, and I think that things will work out better that way anyway. So let's look at Zacchaeus tonight with the Lord's help. I don't really have a title for my message tonight, but I do have some good things to say. You pray for me, and we'll try to get through this best we can and be a blessing to you. I believe with all of my heart that God wants to speak to somebody's heart tonight. I believe with all of my heart that there are specific needs in the house of God tonight that He wants to use this passage of Scripture to speak to your heart. Would you ask God to speak to your heart tonight? Hey, when we come to the house of God, we should ask the Lord to give us something to go to the altar for every time we come into the house of God. I know we don't always come to an altar, but we should always come intending for God to work in our hearts through His Word. As we see the passage of Scripture, we see that Jesus entered and passed through Jericho in verse 1, and then here in verse number 2, the Bible has lots to say about this individual by the name of Zacchaeus. God says a whole lot in this one short verse. We see four things concerning the character of Zacchaeus. Number one, we see his person. The Bible says, And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. The Bible specifically calls him by name. Make no ifs, ands, and buts about it. The Bible is speaking about Zacchaeus. And then it goes on to say, Which was the chief among the publicans? And he He was rich. We see that his name was Zacchaeus. And then we see uh, that he was chief uh, among the publicans. Uh, He wasn't just an ordinary publican. He wasn't a uh, fly-by-day kind of person. But he was the chief. He was the head honcho, you might say. He was the one giving orders, not receiving orders. His job was not to do the work, but to see that the work was done. Are you with me tonight? He was large and in charge. Zacchaeus was the chief among the publicans. We see that he was, we see his person, we see his position, and then we see that he was a publican also. The Bible says he was chief among the publicans. And then the Bible goes on to say this about Zacchaeus in verse 2. And he was rich. We see that Zacchaeus was a very prosperous individual. He wasn't poor. He wasn't a little old person that was begging by the wayside. But he was the chief. And the Bible says that he was a rich man. Now, I don't know about you, but I like to use my imagination when I look at these characters in the Word of God. The Bible says that he was he was a chief among the publicans. He was rich rich. And then we see here in verse 3, the Bible says, and he sought to see Jesus who he was, and could not for the press because he was little of stature. So we see an individual here that's very short. He's, I imagine he must have been like a banny rooster. Had his chest bowed out. Are you with me tonight? Uh, wasn't much size to him. He was small in size but large in heart. 
I, I know three people right now I could call them by name. But I'm not going there, friend. I'm telling you, we see this individual. He was a man who was, he was rich in this world's eyes. He had prospered. He had acquired many worldly goods and worldly things. But yet we see in the Scripture that Zacchaeus wasn't happy. Zacchaeus had a problem. And that was a problem that the things of this world could not fix. Riches could not fix. Positions could not fix. And the fact of the matter was this. He had everything he wanted, but he didn't have what he needed. Are you with me tonight? I remember when I was a kid, we come up and I heard it said many times, you may not have everything you want, but you have everything you need. Well, Zacchaeus was right the opposite. He was a rich man. He was a chief. He was the big dog, but he didn't have Jesus. He had everything that he wanted, but he did not have what he needed. Amen? And we see that here in the Scripture. We see his status in verse number 2. And then in verse number 3, we see his stature. No doubt he was little. No doubt he was looked down upon. And no doubt he was labeled. I mean, look here. A man that was a tax collector. Can I tell you, he ain't going to be many people's friends. Are you with me? He's not going to make friends real easy. And the fact that he was small, I suppose that people knew him by name. People had labeled him. People looked down upon him. Hey, and can I say this? I suppose that, I suppose that probably over an extended period of time, these things probably weighed heavy on Zacchaeus. I mean, I suppose that they probably had an impact on Zacchaeus' life. He was a little man. He was looked down upon and he was labeled by the people. We see that in verse number 3. Zacchaeus was a man who had everything that he wanted, but he did not have what he needed. And then we see here that things begin to pick up for Zacchaeus. The Bible says in verse 4, And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must abide at thy house. As I read this passage of Scripture, I begin to wonder and think, what in the world would cause this individual to climb a tree? What would make him get to the top of that sycamore tree? Well, I believe it was this. I believe that Jesus had built up a reputation by doing all these divers' miracles. He had cast out demons. He had healed the lame. He had caused the blind to see. He had made the dumb to hear and the deaf, to, uh, the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Uh, and I suppose uh, that he had built up quite a reputation among the people. And Zacchaeus had got wind of some of the uh, miracles that Jesus had performed. Uh, and he heard that he was coming by that way. And Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Uh, and he could not see Jesus because uh, they was people that was bigger than him uh, and stood in between him and Jesus. So Zacchaeus Zacchaeus got to a position where there was nothing between him and the Lord. Can I say it would do us all some good to get to that position in our spiritual lives where there is nothing or nobody that stands
stands in between us and God. Zacchaeus's element was that he was short and people stood in his way. But Zacchaeus got to a place where there was no man that stood between him and God. Can I say a lot of times it's people that stand in our way. It really is. It might be a co-worker. It might be a family member. But can I say he's to be God of all or he won't be God at all. Amen. And we need to get to a position as Zacchaeus did here in the Word of God where that there is nothing or nobody that stands between us and the Lord. Amen. Zacchaeus had got wind that Jesus would pass by and he got up into that sycamore tree and began to pan the crowd and look for the man named Jesus. I can just imagine as Zacchaeus climbed up that tree, he probably found him a good four cup, how about, how probably about eight or nine foot just above everybody's head. And they took him a perch right there. And he began to look, I wonder if that's Jesus coming. Oh, I wonder if that's him. Oh, friend, but when Jesus appeared on the the scene. Hey, he didn't have to wonder who he was because he walked right to the base of the very tree that Zacchaeus had climbed up. Zacchaeus was up in that tree and God knew exactly where Zacchaeus was. He knew him personally because he knew his name. But he also knew his position because he didn't walk by him, but he walked right up to him. And he looked up into that sycamore tree and he said Zacchaeus make haste and come down for today I must abide at thy house Zacchaeus had heard how that Jesus had healed the lady with an issue of blood and Zacchaeus had heard how that he had caused the blind man to see oh but today was Zacchaeus's day Jesus come looking for Zacchaeus how many of you remember that day when Jesus come to where you was out oh I remember it well over here at the Poppin' Mom's campground. I was in my bed, lost and undone without God, and Holy Ghost conviction had engulfed my soul. And Jesus come to the very place I was, and He said, Today, I'm going to save you. Oh, thank God. He knew me personally, and He knew my position. I'm glad this evening, you may think God may not know who you are, but friend, He knows you individually. And not only does he know you individually but he knows right where you're at you may feel like nobody knows where you're at can I tell you there's a God in heaven that knows exactly where you're at in this life amen I mean think about it friend he didn't just come in Zacchaeus' vicinity he walked to the very tree Jesus I thought about this right here. <laughs> a little bit of that Jonathan McNeese coming out in me, I guess. <laughs> Jesus treated Zacchaeus. Amen. <laughs> he did. <laughs> I used to have an old coon dog. He wouldn't get up on the tree. He was scared because his face barked as a puppy. So he'd back up and he'd just look in that direction. And he'd bark looking that way. But see, Jesus, he walked up to the very tree. Zacchaeus, come down. <laughs> I don't know if that's helping y'all or not. That's pretty good where I'm at. A lot of times in this life, I get the feeling like nobody really knows where I'm at. Nobody really cares where I'm at. But to know that God in heaven knows 
Joshua, my name and he knows my position. Friend, it does something for me. We see this, friend. Think about this. I may shout if I get this out, but that'd be all right, wouldn't it? I'm at the right place and it's the right time. Long before Zacchaeus was ever birthed by his mother, there was a tree planted in that specific spot. Zacchaeus didn't know that he would have a need. Zacchaeus didn't know that he wouldn't reach a man's natural stature. Zacchaeus didn't know he'd be shorter than everybody else. Oh, but Jesus did. Jesus knew Zacchaeus' problems before Zacchaeus' problems ever occurred to Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus, and Jesus knows your problems before your problems ever occur to you. Long before Zacchaeus was ever born, there was a tree put in the right place so that when Jesus came by, Zacchaeus could see the Lord. Ain't you glad some 2,000 years ago there was a tree put in place so that when we realized we was lost and undone without God, oh, we could get to Calvary and be saved by the grace of God. I don't know about you, friend, but I'm glad there's a God in heaven who knows our need better than we do ourselves. <laughs> I got to thinking about this right here. <laughs> that need was met before that need ever occurred. Go back to Genesis chapter 3 and you search me out. The cure for man's sin was that was given before the curse on man was ever placed. Our problems were fixed before our problems ever arose. I'm glad there's an omnipotent, omnipotent God who in His foreknowledge knows our needs of future tense before our needs ever even occur to you and I. Think about that. I can't even comprehend it. I can't wrap my head around it. God knows the problems I'll face next week before next week ever gets here. Zacchaeus had a problem. His problem was that he was lost and undone without God. Zacchaeus was a lost man, but he had got wind that Jesus was passing by. Well, let me say something to you right here. He's still passing by today. If you'll study out the life of Zacchaeus, you'll find as Jesus passed through Jericho, he was on a time slot, you might say. His time was a whole lot shorter than it had one time been. And in my studies, this particular time right here is the last time that Jesus passed through Jericho before He was ever crucified. And I would say this to you tonight. I know it's a Wednesday night. And I know that most of y'all sang in the choir, hold positions in the church. But if this was Jesus' last time to pass through here, how would you respond? If you knew without a shadow of a doubt that this was the last time Jesus would pass by, what would you do? Would you check up and make sure that things is right? Would you be perfectly satisfied if you walked through the pearly gates into that celestial city just the way you are? Or friend, would you want to be closer to God? Would you want to do more for God? Would you want to make sure that you're saved by the grace of God? If you're lost, friend, you better know that you're saved by the grace of God. I'm telling you, listen, God knew the Lord Jesus Christ. He knew that 
Jesus. He knew that Zacchaeus needed to be saved. Jesus stopped where he was. Jesus saw him. Jesus spoke to him. And Jesus saved him. All right here in the Scripture. You see, you may not be in a sycamore tree, but you're on a church pew. And Jesus is a passing by. And He's just speaking to your heart. And friend, what you need to do is just believe what He says and take Him at His word. And I promise you, friend, He'll speak to you and He'll save you by His grace. I'm glad I'm heaven bound with a hammer down. Somebody help me right there. I want to take a bus load with me. Hey, but I'm telling you, if Christ come back tonight, hey, it'd tickle me to death. It'd suit me just fine. I'm ready to go. I've got reservations in heaven for a mansion made just for me by the hands of Jesus Himself. I'm a country boy headed to a city whose builder and maker's God. I'm telling you, I'm confident hey, that what I've got is good enough to die with. I'd say this to you tonight. If this was the last time Jesus would pass by, how would you treat that situation? Alright. Now let me say it like this. How do you know this ain't the last time He'd pass by your way? I mean, I hear account after account after account, week after week after week, of individuals that just fell over dead. I heard of a situation this week. Dear lady, I knew well. And she just died unexpectedly. Just fell over. Hey, the Bible says that, hey, we don't know what tomorrow holds. We're not promised another breath. I will say this, we ain't promised another step. I mean, look, you may be here today and gone tomorrow. I've said it countless times. You put your shoes on this morning. And the undertaker could very possibly take your shoes off tonight. <laughs> it's a sobering thought, but let's just be real one with another. I love you enough to tell you the honest to goodness truth, honey. Hey, we may not assemble like this together on Sunday morning. One of us might slip out, hey, and be in eternity one day. Hey, it could happen. It's very possible. I want to say this to you tonight. Has Jesus ever passed by your way? You remember the night when Jesus come to where you was at? You remember when Jesus saved your soul? Honey, I'm telling you, it ain't the place that saved me, but I'm glad I go back to the place. Amen. I remember all so well, me and Brother Robert went on visitation just a few weeks ago. It was March Madness and he was campaigning for the adult, the, the senior adults, and I was down in the young adults. Uh, we decided we was going to go on visitation one evening. We went over here to the mom and pop's campground. And I walked up to the sing- first time I've been back to the actual door since I got saved as a kid. And the trailer that I once lived in has been demolished. It was tore down and done away with. But there's another single wide trailer that sits on that very lot. Well, my home once stood, and I knocked on that door, and that lady come to the door, and oh my goodness, I'm just telling you right now, she needed Jesus. <laughs> she didn't understand. I said, look, I said, this is the very beginning for me. I said, there used to be a blue trailer that sat here. I said, in that first bedroom on the left is where I escaped hell from. And she kind of looked at me with that strange look in her eye. I guess it's a quack. 
This guy's a weirdo. I get that look kind of often. Somebody help me. I said, honey, I said, God saved me right here. I said, this is a very special place to me. And I began to witness to her, and just like everybody else in Surrey County, she is saved and went to church over there on a the hill somewhere. I love it when you ask them who the pastor is. And they're like, uh, uh, what's his name? You know, yeah, him. Yeah, I, I left my mind. You know, oh yeah, that's the way it usually goes. But anyway, hey, I went back to that specific place where Jesus saved my soul. I guarantee you, hey, when you get to heaven, if you can look Zacchaeus up, say, Zacchaeus, you remember the place where you got saved? I believe you'd say it like this. Yeah, I was sitting in the forks of a sycamore tree one day. And I heard that Jesus was passing by. And I was a-looking because there's so many people around that I couldn't see. You know me, I'm just a little old short feller. <laughs> and I couldn't see Him a-coming. So I skinned that tree and I got up in the fork of it. And Jesus come right to the specific place I was at. And He saved my soul. And I like this. Not only do we see the salvation of Zacchaeus, but we see evidence of Zacchaeus' salvation. We see this in verse number 6. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. I've never met an individual who received the Lord Jesus Christ and it didn't make them joyful. Amen. If you got the goods, He'll bring happiness and He'll bring peace and He'll bring consolation and He'll bring all the good things into your life that you can imagine. Now I'm not telling you it's all sunshine and roses. Yes, we still have bad days, but I promise you when Jesus takes a boat in your soul, it'll make you smile and it'll bring you joy. We see in verse 6, we see that He made haste. That word haste, it means expediently. I believe it like, I believe you can say it like this. Zacchaeus come down to that sycamore tree as if it were a fireman's pole. Are you with me? I suppose he probably had bark marks on his belly. If you ain't got a belly and you ain't never climbed a tree, that's foreign language to you. I'll tell you, let me tell you something right here, alright? I gotta move right here. I get myself in trouble. I turned a cage coon loose one time, had two blue tick puppies. And that coon ran up a tree right there in the house. It was a poplar tree. And y'all know how poplars are. They ain't a limb for 60 foot. Are you with me? So I took my climbing stand. I couldn't hug that thing like a barn skinny up that tree. Ain't no way. I took my summit self climber and hooked it on there. And I went to going up that tree. And I'd get about 10 foot of that coon, he'd go a little further. And I, I kept watching that coon so much, I forgot how high I was off the ground. I finally got up there to the coast of the top of that tree, and I felt the tree do like this. And I thought, oh boy, oh, whoo, Lord have mercy. I, and I got to looking, and that coon was coming down that tree now. You with me? I come down that tree like a fireman's pole. I believe I hit about every eight foot with that climbing stand. My belly was eat up from a bark on that tree. I suppose Zacchaeus, when Jesus looked up to where he is at, I suppose he made haste immediately. He come down that tree and he knew that business was about to pick up. The one that he had heard all these
these miracles about, the one that had done all these things that people are talking about has come to be a personal visitor of Zacchaeus. And now he's wanting to go to Zacchaeus' house. I asked my congregation this one time when I was pastoring. If you knew Jesus was going home with you, what would you change at home before he got there? Now that'll get right down there where the rubber meets the road. Let's just be honest one with another. There's some things I'd like to change. Y'all be real with me tonight. There's some things I'd like to make better. There's some things I'd like to improve. If you knew that Jesus was going home with you tonight after the service, what would you like to go home and change? Well, let me tell you, you can change them things tonight right here on this old-fashioned altar. Amen. He said, today, I must, he said, today, I must abide at thy house. The Bible says that he made haste, came down and received him joyfully. And then look at this. And when they saw it, they all murmured saying, he was going to be a guest with a man that was a sinner. There's always going to be that crowd that's watching you and waiting on you to fall. Jesus Himself had went home with a man that was a sinner. I say glory to God. I remember when He went to my house. And I'm just a sinner saved by the grace of God. I say glory, 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 glory that Jesus came home to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. But we see that when He did, there was folk that had murmurings to say. There was people that had some bad things to say. Let me tell you, if you serve God long enough, there's going to be the naysayers. There's going to be those that are always negative, amen, and always got something bad to say, or those that would ridicule you. Hey, but just keep your eyes on God. Hey, get people out of the way. Get things out of the way. And get to a position where Jesus is the only thing you've got your eyes on. Amen. Looking unto Jesus, uh, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Bible says this. <laughs> Bible says, And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore, uh, I restore him fourfold. Boy, you talk about evidence of salvation. Here's the chief publican tax collector that's now made a declaration to God. He said, if I've taken anything by false accusation from any man, he said, I'm willing to give him back four times what I took from him. Hey, hey, when Jesus moves in, it'll change some things in your life. It'll change the way you see things. It'll change the way you handle things. It'll change your association. It'll change your actions. It'll change a lot of things about you. That's evidence of salvation. Hey, we see that He told the Lord, He said, if I've took, taken anything by false accusation, He said, I'll restore him fourfold. <laughs> and Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. I begin to look at this man by the name of Zacchaeus. And to sum him up, I believe we could say it like this. Money, manpower, 
and materials could not suffice the internal need of Zacchaeus' lost condition. <laughs> Prosperity and positions could not fill that lonely hole that was so large in Zacchaeus' heart. You ever wonder why all these people that are multi-millionaires die of suicide? I mean, I've done a study on it not long ago. And the first name that pops into my mind is Whitney Houston. She was worth literally millions of dollars. Yet she died of a drug overdose in her bathtub. And then her daughter followed suit. Done the very same thing. You want me to tell you why? Because money and materials could not fulfill the internal void in their soul. They were trying to fill that emptiness with the things of this world. But nothing can suffice the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's many movie stars that have died by self-inflicted injury. Many. And the reason for that is this. They didn't get a hold of the same thing Zacchaeus did. And I want to tell you tonight, just because you're wealthy don't mean you're going to hell, and just because you're poor don't mean you're going to heaven. If you ain't got Jesus, you're going to hell, and if you do, you're going to heaven. It's that simple, friend. Salvation is the difference. And I would ask you tonight on a Wednesday night, be sober, be vigilant, and ask yourself an honest question. Am I saved? Ask yourself that question. Has Jesus ever came into my heart? Has Jesus ever came into your heart? How many changes have you seen? <laughs> what is your fruit at, friend? Are you with me tonight? I'm sorry. These people that claim they're saved and they're doing the things of the world and there's no conviction. I've got an issue with that. You cannot be saved and act like the world. Honey, if you sit on a barbed wire fence, you're going to be in lots of pain. You can't split the difference. It's black or it's white. You're saved or you're lost. Hey, are you saved tonight? I care enough about you to ask you this question. Can you remember the place you was when Jesus come to your can come to where you is at? Saved you. Made you a new creature in Christ. Money, manpower, materials did not satisfy the void that was in the heart of Zacchaeus. As far as we know, this was the only and last opportunist opportunity that Zacchaeus had to be saved. It was the last time Jesus would pass through Jericho before He was crucified on Calvary's hill. Zacchaeus got to a place where there was no man nor any material that stood between him and God. And I would ask you tonight, is there anything between you and God? It may not necessarily be a sin, but if it comes between you and God, you need to ditch it. You need to get it out of there. You need to get a, get rid of it. 
Hey, it, I would ask you to inventory your own lives tonight. Is there anything between you and God?